आई वी एम वेलकम टू एब्सोल्युटली राइट आई एम योर होस्ट अदिति सुराना knowingly or unknowingly many of us make attempts to belong to the environment we live in try to follow the agreeable norms fold our wings to make sure that we don't fly too high or too far our guest also tried her level best to fit into all the boxes given to her but thankfully the innovator inside her had other plans honey bajaj is a leader in innovation and design in 2006 she developed a water filter for indian army which converts snow into drinking water by using only manual and solar energy since 2012 she has helped over 5 lakh vulnerable premature babies in more than 25 developing countries with her invention of an affordable alternative to an incubator called embrace warmer an mit graduate who heads special projects at tata trusts is currently busy designing tech platforms for the government of maharashtra In today's episode we discuss Honey's fascinating story of rising from the ashes. How a misfit with relentless curiosity found her way to MIT. And what part of handwriting reveals your intuitive nature. Mr Ratan Tata said, "Take the stones people throw at you and use them to build a monument." Honey has lived that quote over and over again. I can't wait to start this conversation with my inspiring friend. She will join us on the other side of this short break. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another awesome week on the IVM Podcast Network. If you aren't following us on social media, please do. We're IVM Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Been a really fun week on the network. Please do definitely check out all the regular shows that you do. But in addition, let me give you a few recommendations. On Agla Station Adulthood, Ritasha and Ayushi talk siblings. Really fun episode. I think you'll enjoy that. Nishad Pai Vaidya is on Cyrus, and they discuss uh, hey cricket and a lot of different things around cricket. I think you'll enjoy that as well. Old friend Parmesh Shahani, he was on Absolutely Right. Definitely do check that out. Demal Mills was on Edges and Sledges, another episode which I've heard really good things about. I haven't heard it yet. I need to listen to that soon. And guys, Uncle, please sit. Definitely listen to that. They've been killing it. This week they have Abby Phillips. He's Doctor. talking about medical misinformation last week Paramita Vora was talking about sex education and who needs it they've been really coming you definitely do check that out and with that let me get you back to your show hi honey i'm so excited to have you on the show so how has this lockdown been for you so i've been relaxing in my own way i mean after the first 3 months of postpartum recovery lockdown happened and i didn't have any fomo of missing out anything in the world which i think was the best part so i could really relax and concentrate on the things i wanted to do during this lockdown i actually started learning kathak which was a long time dream uh, to really do it rigorously and it couldn't happen because you know nothing was online everything right. was in person so this gave me an opportunity to kick that off and it's going to continue hopefully for life now with online sessions i started a platform called the first parents which is an initiative to connect new parents and mothers to doctors across the world and specialists because i thought it's a lockdown and they're all available so right. it was an idea that you know why not give everybody the opportunity of a second opinion from the best specialists across the globe using digital and technology as a medium um i also got through my phd uh you know i gave my final round of phd because wow. I like oh my god the world is coming down and there's an, ap- op- an apocalypse out there and 
what if i lose my job what is what am i going to tell the world that oh i lost my job i was fired uh, because of corona virus so i should have something in the backup because i just can't sit idle so i said why not apply for my phd which was again of one of my bucket list just to be called dr hania so that was your relaxing that was <laughs> yeah and uh, i'm doing diys to celebrate monthly milestones for my son so that i can just get an opportunity to dress up and look good and come out of my <laughs> and i have a nine and a half month old who i love wow i have learned so much about you from people you have either impacted people you are friends with people you have really really connected with professionally personally so this is this is very very interesting to know like every time i think about it is inspiring is and i really want our listeners to know many parts of it so you know, i want to begin with like the the toughest one you know the space where you really felt that self doubt or like really questioning every possible way out of your situation was your reality and instead of giving in to that you said okay no no that's not happening that's not how my life will be i'm going to take charge of life which is so tough for so many people so i'm getting goosebumps even while saying these words because i know the the journey that you have been through please tell us what was it like to to make those tough decisions um i come from a very humble background from a very small town called siliguri near darjeeling and i'm sharing this because context for everything is very very important right um i don't think that you know it's education or its status that makes a difference in terms of the decisions or the personalities we have i think it's context and the environment and right. for me that played a very big role growing up i was kind of a black sheep rebel born into a you know very humble marwari community in siliguri where i questioned everything like right from the question to why is red red you know somebody must have said this is red and that's the reason it's red like it just right. can't be you know that is or is there a manual that god kind of sent into this earth <laughs> this is red right so people would like laugh at me i would ask like why is the earth round that they're like no it's just round just learn it and you just have to write it in the paper right. so as a child i've always been very curious i've been very like rebellious in terms of i don't know whether you should rebellion is the right word but it's been for me i just take, don't take things for granted i need to know why reasoning is very important for me so for me i grew up in an environment like that where my parents also encouraged that attitude they never like questioned me like okay no this is not the way you do actually the world more around me was the one who was telling me that you know this is the way you, you have do. to fit in yeah. fit in or you know um for simple things like you know as a child you always get asked a question that what do you want to study when you grow up right or what do you want to be when you grow up Sure. and uh, i would always say i want to do engineering but i don't want to go to traditional engineering college and people would just turn around and say isko kuch nahi banna isko sirf excuse dena now that i look back to it i can connect the dots that at least i had the clarity of what i did not want to do even though i didn't know what i should do coming from the context that i came from uh, marriage would played a very very important role and marwa and married at a very young age and my parents proposed the same and i got married at the age of 21 willingly and uh, i was very happy because i thought that i'm getting married to the most progressive man in the world um he is allowed me to work i'm allowed to work mere ko aur kuch nahi chahiye life mein i didn't know what is allowed like like why why am i even like saying that but for me 12 years ago it was a very big deal 2008 2007 this was in a maru community for a girl to be allowed to work and not stay with her in-laws in a city 
like Bangalore mm. was a very big deal. So I was very happy. I was like, this is the best marriage I can get, you know, offered by someone. Mm. I didn't care about money. I didn't care about what the background was. I didn't care about what his legacy was. And uh, yeah, I got married. And um, that's when reality struck hard. Um, he expected me to become a woman suddenly whose responsibility is to run the house and uh, her education and her career and her dreams are all her hobbies that she needs to balance out. Um, there were many things that went on in the process, but one specific thing that I want to mention about uh, which our society doesn't talk about is the invisible scars that happen in a marriage. You know, when someone kills you see, see my scar. Right? But when it's invisible scars, when it's verbal abuse, when it's questioning your integrity, your thought process, you can't show it to anybody. Yeah. And giving up your dreams for somebody else and, you know, just for the sake of love is not okay. Um, just giving up on your ideologies and your thought process for somebody else is not okay. Uh, accepting somebody else's way of life is not okay. And when I realized that, that this is not okay for me and I'm not going to just live my life, that's when I decided to walk out of it. And that required a lot of courage, a lot of courage. And um, I think a lot of josh because I don't think so I would have done it in hosh. <laughs> so, so when you're making those decisions and it wasn't like, so before, like, tell me about your inventions. Were they already in place? Had you already worked with the Indian Army, had you already, yes. please tell us about your invention, like oh when did God. that happen and how did design happen for you, like, you know, in this whole process of like a conventional life, where, what was the, the aspect of design and what was your connection with it? Um, as I mentioned in the very beginning, I've been a very curious soul since the very beginning and uh, I just felt that how can someone invest their entire life in studying something post 11th and 12th without really knowing what the job entails. So right. actually after class 12th, I interned at an HDFC bank to understand what people who study BCom honors or BBA or MBA, etc. do, uh, especially in the banking sector, because that seemed like more of an ideal job for a woman at that <laughs> point. In time. And uh, I realized that I'm not meant for a monotonous job. I am curious. I am innovative. I can make things happen. And hence, I wanted to choose journalism. So I ended up going to Delhi. Uh, I still was very inclined towards pursuing something in my creativity. But again, my context did not give me enough opportunities or exposure to understand what was out there. Right. Um, so when I went to Delhi, I was studying English honors and I realized there's something called design, which is really, really interesting. And, you know, it's not fashion. It's not jewelry. You could do product, you could do graphics, you could do commercial art. And it was, again, very hard to explain it to my parents. Right. So um, they didn't know any other design other than jewelry and fashion. Yeah. Because mostly talked about that. But I pushed my way through um, I did a little negotiation with my dad and, you know, I said, how about I do both, you know, English honors and design. Uh, so I pursued both. And fortunately or unfortunately, I have this intuition where I start to question things that at least I am doing. And I mm. felt that the way India, you know, in India, they were teaching, teaching product design was at a very shallow level at that point of time. It was mostly talking about the craft sector, teaching about the craft sector and artisans in India. And I felt everything's a product. A ringtone is a product. A service right. is a product. 
right? Why don't we talk about the larger scheme of things and how do you really problem solve or really design something? It could be a service, it could be a system, it could be a physical object, tangible, intangible. And hence, I kind of pushed myself to figure out what's there in the world and figure out that and I figured out that there's this program called Design Thinking at Stanford. Uh, I really like wanted to know and how to, you know, get into that program. I was fortunate enough that, you know, they were running a program called Design for Extreme Affordability. So I ended up working on a project uh, that was from the same class of students. And during that process, I learned about design thinking and it led to my first real you know, innovation, which went out to the market, which was Embrace. But before that, in my design school, I had invented like a low cost filter for, you know, uh, army javans in high altitude areas. So I'd experimented a little bit with, you know, what does empathy and design lead to? So it started... Which is, which is if, you, if you look at last five years of design thinking discussion in India, it's still valid. Like I have many designers I work with and friends in this space. So I, I really come across how now design thinking is more accepted in India compared to what it was back in the day when you were exploring and talking about it. Yes. So that's just amazing. Yeah, okay. So I don't know. I've always been a little bit ahead of the curve somehow based on my intuition and my work. And I deep dive into whatever I am doing. And hence, it's exciting for me to kind of, you know, unravel things before they become a norm. So that was your first journey. And in the middle of it, so MIT, which was like the big leap and something that happened magically for you. Please tell us about uh, your scholarship, your way to MIT. And, you know, so many times people think one day I will pursue my dream. One day I will look at it. They keep thinking that there would be a right time and uh, situations will allow me to jump in. And that time or that situation never happens. And so many people remain on the periphery and they never jump into what they really, really believe in or they believe one day if someone else would have agreed to my choices and they would have encouraged me enough, I could have done it. Now, I have jumped into my dreams and I, I know how liberating that thought is. Now, when I heard your story, I thought this is amazing and our listeners must hear about how just pursuing a, a simple idea without any doubt in your mind uh, can create wonders um i have always been a person who notices little little things and i think curiosity has really pushed me learn about a lot of things and the attitude of not being afraid to ask has helped me learn a lot about things that you know you might not be aware that are there in your environment I start this answer by saying this is because I've never shared this on a public platform talking about it for the first time. When I was going through my worst, you know, um, I'm just that person who was thinking that what can I do now? I am at rock bottom. Things can't go any worse than here. I have walked out of my marriage. Um, I have nothing. I have no chips on my shoulder to show. I might have talent. I might have uh, everything within me, but the world doesn't see it. And I said, how about I make myself fly so high and meet such unexpected dreams that people would look up to me and take an appointment to meet me. The same people who are demeaning me at this point of time. And there was this meeting going on and people were blabbering and telling me how worse of an individual I am and how badly I'm defaming the family and and how I should not exist in this world primarily. 
Um, and I was just like, I just wanted to get off that discussion. There was a spark in my head and I just went up and opened my laptop and I applied and I was, look, I was looking for applications and I looked up only two schools in the world, Howard and MIT. And I have no idea why. Please don't ask me that question. <laughs> why didn't you look at Oxford? Why didn't you look yeah. at Anarchy Mellon? Why didn't you look at Stanford? I don't know. Okay. I just looked up these two universities, just applied to these two universities. And um, yeah, and uh, I made it. I mean, rest was history. I mean, there was a lot of history around it as well, <laughs> but uh, I can just go on and on because I'd not studied maths for like 13, 14 years in my life. I was 27. Last I studied maths was when I was 18. Right. But, um, yeah, um, I think just... So, so 13 years of no math, uh, of uh, well, like the marriage and all the criticism, and now you're sitting here directly applying for the first time to an international school, that to MIT and Harvard. And figuring out with no financial backup, figuring Absolutely. out. So, you know, you know, it's very interesting for me because when, uh, like when we talk about high performance, we talk about when people are at the lowest, you know, there are stages which they build and then they come to a point where they can believe and they can step up and they can jump to the next level. Now, here you are, you're really in the lowest point, not only other people, but you're also doubting yourself at some level. And you decide the toughest journey. And that is fascinating. Like, you know, why your story fascinates me is specifically for this reason, because what is unreachable when you are in the darkest spot is even the, the normal space to walk around. And here you are standing there and saying, I don't want to walk. I don't want to run. I want to fly. And not tomorrow. I'm going to do it right now. Because for me, it's always been like that, Aditi. I've always looked at the stars and said, why should I look at the moon? If I look at the stars, I'll probably land, you know, if I aim for the stars, I'll at least land to the moon. So for me, it's always been like that. If I try to fly, at least I'll definitely know how to run. That's part of the process, right? You can't just take off without running. So that's just a step. I don't need to think about step. I need to think about what I really need to do if I get there. So I'm going to uh, add here. So you decided to call every single person, every bank, every billionaire, anybody who is, uh, you know, in the space of helping students to go and study after receiving a letter from MIT. And then Mr. Tata, Ratan Tata called you and like you called him, called his office and you really asked for the scholarship. See, um, I don't know. Most of my friends tell me that I perform best when I am like under pressure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've started to realize that actually uh, lately and accept it. But I feel um, it was highly curated. All the skills that I had, you know, built up English honors, design, design yeah. thinking, product design, how to write, how to communicate. I put all that together because I was like, here I am where people were questioning me that I'm good for nothing. And I've been accepted to one of the most prestigious colleges of MIT. Not that I have just got an acceptance letter. I've received a personal letter from the HOD saying that he's been the happiest ever to accept a person like me, which was an affirmation and a huge validation. And I just couldn't let that go. And I was like, if I've got till here, I can't tell that. The last thing can be a hurdle on my way. You know, right. this letter should be enough to get me the money. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I had no money. I had less than 10,000 rupees in my bank account. And I did apply the whole process of design thinking. And I said, who has money? Right. 
the goal is money <laughs> right so money is there with friends with family um crowdsourcing and you know online uh, indiegogo platforms etc had just kicked off you can still see my um campaign and donation is still there on the indiegogo platform uh, where i just raised about 2800 odd dollars in about 10 days time so i tried everything right from crowdsourcing money to friends family billionaires politician film stars my twitter account i tweeted everyone i dm'd right from amitabh bachchan to amir khan to priyanka chopra you name it right because i was like they talk about philanthropy they talk about changing lives right. why not me right. right everyone doesn't has to be in a rat race to you know be uh, an actor they can also support other people so for me money was the focus and where can i get it from right i reached out to many people in that process i used google as the only platform because i was nobody nobody right. was going to connect me to bill gates or to mr tata i just used google and i basically deep dived into google to figure out their email addresses i didn't find them though mm-hmm. and then i used my brains i said okay what is the possible email address of somebody who is running an organization like microsoft it could right. possibly be b gates at microsoft bill gates at microsoft gates.b at microsoft so right. i kept emailing till i stopped getting the failure delivery message and hence wow. i tracked the email addresses of the top billionaires in the world wow not only that <laughs> i i was actually feeling great and that oh email address cracked and then i was like so what the secretaries are going to be seeing this email right. they are not going to give me the money based on that so i said hmm and i have 15 days to raise this money so i said um why not call them and uh, as crazy as it sounds i actually figured out who which office do they sit out of you know where are their headquarters there's enough paparazzi that shows you okay right. one so operates from here so and so operates from here so i figured out which headquarters do they sit in called right. the landline which was the operator connected and again as i say rest is history similarly i did it even with the mit professors because it was just not the tuition fee i had to even survive in boston right so what about my everyday living expenses what about the cost of you know meeting my basic needs as food shelter etc so i actually emailed every single professor who was working with developing country projects and landed myself a research assistantship before I before you wow that's amazing you know uh, when i look at your handwriting sample the curiosity part is not only about um solving intellectual problem there's very interesting aspect which your handwriting talks about is diving deep and executing something that you see in your mind if you see things coming in reality when you see them actually happening in front of you is exactly where you feel my process is is done and once you do that another part of the same stroke or same handwriting part is you walk away from it you're not necessarily sitting there and really figuring how can i get benefited how exactly this can you know give me money for you the genuine curiosity to solve a problem in the best possible manner and seeing that execution is enough and which is so interesting when i look at your story when i look at your, your experience the way you talk about it you might have made so many different uh, i can't say invention but interventions in areas where otherwise people don't delve into 
what questions do you have for me based on your writing one thing i definitely want to know from you from my handwriting is how is it that i'm so clear about what i want years from now okay interesting now in handwriting we have something called disconnected writing okay and another is connection so the way you connect your letters one letter to another talks about how you connect different thoughts whereas another aspect is disconnected writing so you have gaps you write a few letters and you pick up your pen and you and i'm saying this i'm describing it also for anybody who's listening you can look at your own handwriting or someone else's so, <laughs> so if you look at your writing you have disconnections which are prominent anybody with disconnected writing has this capacity or superpower of being intuitive so what is intuition intuition is it daydreaming no is it really like thinking and you know imagining something and making sure you make make vision boards out of it no intuition is actually having a snapshot having a glimpse of something that is possible for you or your sub- subconscious mind is constantly working at when you saw other people who you thought were achieving really really big things in life in your mind because you desired that and you believed in it your mind was constantly calculating what else is possible for me how can i solve these problems but we do not allow those thoughts to come to us when we are really busy in our everyday mundane life there are moments when those doors open for most people that happens when you're pushed into a situation that you never wanted to go in uh it happens have you heard of those grandmothers who could pick up a a truck because a grandchild was stuck inside or under the truck now they never believe they had that capacity but when you're pushed in a situation when you know that there is no way but to count on yourself your body and your mind expands to a level and that these capacities are always available these are not capacities that come to you they're always available to us we just don't have access to it so in the moment when you are really thrown off your balance you also let go of everything that you know and that's the time you know sometimes in dreams sometimes in these moments where you're questioned sometimes at the deepest end of an emotional crisis you see something that is unbelievable but still it is believable right you know that this is accessible for me i don't know how i don't know how it's going to work out but i just know it will work out now it is very very interesting most people you know we look at the world and the way we celebrate intelligence is about logic it's about cognitive thinking it's about connecting one idea to another and celebrating the connections between the two uh, but when we talk about great leadership styles when we talk about thinkers or leaders who really really you know bend the reality to create something that the world was not ready for what did they do they really tapped into this exact capacity even with leadership when you you know people talk a lot about oh, how do you deal with crisis and how do you not lose your balance and great leaders have spoken about this again and again that i know that in that moment i did what i felt it was correct thing to do in my gut the gut is being prepared throughout your journey it is not prepared one fine day so that curious girl who questioned why red is called red It's the same curious girl who didn't want to accept the obvious choices was constantly questioning but questioning or asking is not about receiving questioning is about seeing the gaps but that doesn't mean we are always ready to accept the answers that the mind or the subconscious mind or at a at a deeper level is also connected 
with uh, you know uh, as we call it the the mass consciousness is connected at multiple level but we are not willing to receive that information so when we are broken when we are sleeping when we are not in control of our life and situation this is where the receiving can happen because you feel you don't have any control you are not controlling the outcome you're not controlling your thoughts and that is that moment of transition having said that not everybody has the courage to walk down that path all of us are given those those moments of i, I call them gifts of wisdom like you know they're beyond our control and some people look at them and they're like oh my god this is possible and they know that in their gut but that doesn't mean they walk on that path they look at it they say one day and then they keep it aside let me clarify this okay even if you see that that is the journey you can take the journey is something you still have to take and it is still tough and still you know it, it is full of rejection is full of failures but because you had seen it because you had experienced that moment and you knew in your gut that it is possible you couldn't have given up on it and that's why i believe sets you apart from other people because if you have seen it if you know it's possible you won't leave a single stone unturned which i feel is a part of your character and personality which is not about you can you intuitively see it or not you can and many people can but are you willing to walk down that path are you willing to pay the price are you willing to really really do whatever it takes because it's tough with with all calculation in mind it's really really tough so you you have really really cracked it and in a way that that you are willing to crack it again and again and again you know one thing that i am looking at your writing and that's just fascinating that you haven't like you're still unsettled you know what i'm saying like there's a sense of feeling that it's not like i'm unsettled because i want to go places not that not greed not like drive to achieve a lot but moreover if i haven't realized myself if i haven't figured out what all i can do i cannot really sit down and not do it you know one of my favorite quotes is by carl hughes where he said the only goal we have is to realize our actual authentic self now i feel without knowing the psychological part of it or without dwelling on it you are constantly committed to that interesting for people like me who have an handwriting like this what do you think is uh, do they make better leaders or do they make better business because i mean there are things that i want to do in my future which is really related to either leadership or i mean being an executive right both are two very different parts and different paths well. so i i feel even if you are an executive you will always be somebody who would lead you know so that is not a question so you know would you be an entrepreneur or an intrapreneur as they call it like internal entrepreneur in an organization you'll always be one of them because following other person's vision which you do not necessarily believe in is the toughest thing for you to do and as you said nobody has to do it people don't have to agree to other people's way now you will always find your expressions so working with the other person and collaborating is a possibility only when you are celebrating your own idea if that is not happening you cannot do that you cannot work with people when you don't find your own expression now i'm saying this also from a space if you choose a role of leadership if you choose a role where resources and other people can really contribute to your idea you will shine but if if you have to work at something only for a job 
only because you know one day you will get a project that you can work at you have tried it it doesn't work for you <laughs> yeah they so get bored very very quickly that is okay. like one of yeah so one of the gifts and challenges so when you are bored it is it shows on your face it shows in every action that you took so from being like really really willing person you just start feeling unwilling and you're like but what's the point and then there is this other side which starts building an argument uh, which convinces you in no time to walk away move out do something else so that happens that's true also uh, as you said no a person like me now if i have to really talk about a person like you i feel you are multi talented multi passionate human being and most people think that is a space of being confused that is a space of being clueless you know today having achieved the things that you have uh this you also feel like okay i can celebrate this part but you have been this person throughout like you know you have been this person who wanted to pick a skill and reach the the highest point of it and this will happen and in our our society now we are still accepting people like this we are celebrating people who look obviously inconsistent but this non linear way of being is not celebrated but you know it's not for the success is not for the achievements but is fundamentally for the approach with which you get in which i feel is very very important and which will be questioned and you know that every time you are working with a team of individuals even they don't understand why even if you're their boss your colleague your you know subordinate they don't understand you so my recommendation to you or my suggestion to you is please find a way for other people to work with you because they can't hack it so that is your biggest challenge at this point in time when you're working with a team you find people slow you're working with people uh, you know they you think they're not creative enough and they're not getting your point and why can't they see what i can see you know all of that happens but that's not their problem technically you have to find a bridge from your space to their ideas and i think a good leader is somebody who can keep that idea of the future in mind and can really build steps for other people to walk up and i think this is where the existing challenge is yeah it's it's extremely frustrating to keep doing that yeah like it's kind of it just feels like it's just so simple <laughs> why can't you just get it oh. also because people don't come from your background they don't think like that and and less accept because they don't think like that they can really help you function on a on a consistent basis if everybody thinks like you you won't be able to think the way you do so it's important that your team has the other skill sets that you do not have so right now i can feel the impatience building i can feel that you know you really want to move really really fast but this is a point this is a choice to make like so cultivating people that's a skill i highly recommend that you actively work on thank you Okay. So I want to ask you and we have spoken so much about your success and your achievements what was your favorite failure uh, It's hard because I think each each failure teaches you something and then you know you can handle a bigger failure as that the most favorite the one which you like really feel happy that you failed at so that you know your life changed I think marriage, hmm. because everything else is so easy, but fighting with your own loved ones, I think, is the hardest. And uh, it's it's not you who's failing, you know. You failed at a scale which is not even measurable because the society is calling out to your parents that 
you are a failure. Uh, right. not, not just honey, but even as a mom, my mom was told that as a mother, you are a failure because you've not taught her any manners. Um, my father was told you've not taught her any sanskar or etiquettes or the mm. way to be as a girl. So when your failure, whether it is in a corporate environment, whether it's a marketing campaign or whether it is personal, when it's pushed on to others and doesn't let them breathe, I mm. think that can be the biggest failure anyone can experience because you can deal with your own little failures, but to take everybody else's load as well is too hard to fight and you can't fight everybody else's. You can't. True. So I think that's my favorite failure because I was like, I'm at rock bottom and I need to grow so high that the same parents are saying, that the same people who are saying that, oh, honey, tumhari beti hai, should be saying, oh, honey, tumhari beti hai. So... That shift and that power to shift that tone, only you have it. And I think very few people get that chance in life to do it. Or maybe everybody does. I'm not sure. I think few people take take that chance. And I took that head on. I, I, I was like, you know, the same game of the matador and the bull where the dust was all in the air. And I had an idea as a bull where I was running. Um, the red handkerchief that the matador holds was something that I could see based on my intuition, which nobody else could, given the dust. Everybody else was just a spectator. And I was just running behind it. And I knew that, you know, I'm going to win this. I have to be wild and I have to be crazy and I have to be unpredictable and I have to fall and <laughs> hurt and kick and you know hurt do whatever it takes yeah hurt people on the way which is the hardest right Uh, and be alone be alone in that battlefield so that's my favorite failure and I'm so happy that I failed at an epic level that I can celebrate where I am today that's amazing that's amazing like I'm I am moved and this is so so beautiful to to hear that you know, I, I personally have gone through the journey of walking out of my marriage and experiencing all that you've spoken and, and the social stigma. And uh, I know internally what all it takes. And, you know, especially dealing with society and seeing your parents struggling with their own emotions is not the easiest thing. Having said that, today when you look back and uh, you look at your journey, it's amazing. What would be a one quote or, you know, one sentence that you use to really pick yourself up or like, you know, motivate yourself or any poem or any quote that that comes to your mind when you really want to build it up again and again? Um, I know this sounds very filmy, but I have always been saying this since I was a little girl. Okay. So I am my own favorite. <laughs> I know Karina said it way better than me. Yeah. <laughs> but I am my own favorite. I love surprising myself with what I can do in life. But moreover, I think the quote that inspires me uh, to push myself is just keep growing. It's as How nice. How nice. I don't want to be growing in I don't any way, anyhow. Like, you know, it's like the every next growth brings in its own surprises. Yeah, I just can't be a pond. I have to be flowing. I have to grow. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on, on the show. And thank you so much for this wonderful conversation. I'm so happy that, that we have had this. Also, I know I feel 
in so many ways people look at our journeys and people look at you know their own lives and they only talk about how i can reach there and one day when i reach there i will be like you know recognized and people don't want to take this tough path the fact that you are willing to go through it is incredible and again and again you know i feel like that is the most interesting part it's because i don't think people have the courage to fail again and failing requires being fearless being courageous and and i'm so happy i took that leap um, that's my favorite failure it's only because i've crafted a new life for myself i'm married to a man i love i'm i have a wonderful life i don't have to take permissions <laughs> uh we are both individuals i have a lovely little boy now um yeah. it's it's i don't give myself a second life i think i gave myself my own new um rebirth so to say huh? so thank you so much for being on the show and all the best for every single innovation that you will be creating in your life thank you so much thank you to add to the pressure <laughs> people who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do steve jobs famously mentioned this line in a 1997 apple commercial launch i'm moved and inspired by honey's crazy journey I genuinely feel grateful that I get to speak with such amazing people on this show. Next week we will be completing 50 episodes of Absolutely Right. Thank you so much for being part of this journey. As a big thank you from us, episode number 51 will be dedicated to you. Yes, to all our listeners. The episode is called Ask Me Anything. You can send your handwriting sample and your most pressing question on the link aditisurana.com/podcast we will select two three questions and invite you as our guest on the show my takeaway from today's conversation was no matter who stands in front of you if you need help there is no shame in asking i'm going to implement that one i'm keen to know what were your takeaways from this conversation with honey what small action will you be taking today to improve something in your life Do share your experience and send your questions to me on my Instagram handle at Aditi Surana. If you like this podcast, then don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on IVM Network. You can listen to us on the IVM Podcast app or ivmpodcast dot com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are at IVM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Let's connect on Friday. Till then, happy writing. How many times have you motivated yourself to improve your sleep or lose weight or be more productive? How many times have you failed? Hi, my name is Ashtin Doctor. Tune into my show The Habit Coach Podcast where we focus on creating small tiny habits to improve your life instead of those big impossible tasks. So make listening to me a habit every Monday, Wednesday and Friday on the IVM Podcast app or ivmpodcast.com. or on your favorite podcasting app Namaskar this is Ashish Vidyarthi Yes my friend these are challenging times but in these challenging times we can create something extraordinary Do take time to listen to my podcast Begin the Journey available on the IVM podcast website app or wherever you listen to podcasts Remember we have a great opportunity called life Cheers